When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to a very exciting edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here at PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, formerly known as the mayor of PHNX, and I'm <laughs> by the current vice mayor. I don't know who the hell he's backing up now, but it's the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Wow, you really uh you're feeling a little bitter today, Derek. I can I can uh, no, sense I'm it in your voice. With it. I'm <laughs> fine with the fact that I've already been replaced after missing one show i am not in my feelings about it at all i'm not angry jesse why would i be angry how do you think i spent the night cursing you and saying how dare jesse let this thing happen on the one time Mm. no that's not me that is not me (laughs) at all i am not petty in the slightest but of course this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Get down on the NBA action. New customers right now, of course, can get down on betting just $5 on any team to win, and you will get $150 in free bets if they do. That's for the second round now of the NBA playoffs. And don't forget the DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Jesse, Big win for the Arizona Diamondbacks, much closer than it needed to be. And of course, we already have a comment from Chris saying, if they lost that for Zach, why I oughta, right? So yeah, that was definitely entirely too close of a game, despite the fact that Zach Gallen kind of uh, got himself in a little bit of trouble there uh, by putting on two batters via, by hitting them before, uh, before exiting the game. But I'm not going to let a outstanding performance by Zach Gallen be overshadowed by that there at the end and about the game getting close, right? It was exciting. And it was the exact marquee matchup that we thought we would see when it came down to Zach Gallon being a major contributor in this game. And also to uh, obviously Jazz Chisholm making Diamondbacks fans miss him quite a bit. I mean, Zach Gallon has given up three earned runs this season now, and two of them were driven in by, <laughs> by Jazz Chisholm as things worked out in this one. But uh, I think you're, I mean, this was a, this was a big, a big win for the D-backs for sure. Like you Absolutely. said, um, this, I mean, Zach Gallon in his major league career, Derek has made 54 starts. Now he's been one of the best young pitchers in the game for a few years. This was his 11th big league win in 54 starts. I mean, that's you're a, talking about ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I know it, it really is. I mean, he has a career ERA of 3.30. He's been one of the best young pitchers in the game over the last few years, but the Marlins didn't really get him much run production when he was there. And since coming to the diamondbacks, I mean, last year, Zach Allen was four and 10. Um, and you know, certainly didn't pitch as well last year as he's looked so far this season, but you know, the diamondbacks have not exactly, uh, done him right when it comes to run production over the last few years. And, um, you know, it was good for them, I'm sure, in order to to be able to come through with this win here. And not only that, not only did, did it feel good, but I mean, honestly, I think the, the Diamondbacks have had some offensive outputs like today that were great. I think that they have been struggling with the bullpen and they're missing pieces right now. So it's understandable for them to kind of go through the struggles there. The unfortunate part is that Noe Ramirez has been typically very, very reliable. Yeah. And oh, yeah. honestly, he, you know, again, he didn't have a great outing today. He kind of put Gallon's win in jeopardy a bit, uh, but not entirely his fault. It was just good to see them be able to have some, you know, ha- have that, have that uh, storm come, you know, have that onslaught come of an, of a comeback from the Miami Marlins and be able to at least hold them off for the win. Right. I mean, I, we could, 
gripe about the four runs they put up, but at least the Diamondbacks were able to hang on and shut it down. Joe Mantiply was excellent out of the pen. And yeah, you and I were terrified about Ian Kennedy being at the plate against Jazz Chisholm in the ninth. And he did exactly what he should have done. He, he gave him nothing to hit and walked him on an unintentional, intentional you know, walk. <laughs> It was it was not a great matchup. I mean, Jazz Chisholm is no. is a dead fastball hitter. I mean, that's that's what he does. Um, you know, at, at this stage, in his, throws. <laughs> and that's exactly what Ian Kennedy throws like eighty five percent of the time. Um, so yeah, Ian Kennedy's he's the type of guy where late in games he's a little bit a little bit vulnerable to hitters who like to hit fastballs. Um, and Ian Kennedy has a really high spin rate on his heater. The velocity plays up higher than what the radar gun shows. But if he, you know, if he leaves a fastball in a bad spot, you know, he's not throwing a hundred miles an hour. It's the kind of stuff that can get hit. And jazz Chisholm, you know, it's certainly shown over the last few weeks, what he's able to do with some of those pitches. So, uh, it was not a great matchup and yeah, I think, uh, what you said before is is accurate. The Diamondbacks were probably smart uh, to just, you know, essentially give him the unintentional, intentional walk and then uh, pitch that's, to Birdie and, and that ended that's the game. good managing, right? I mean, that's good managing, even though Birdie has been tearing the cover off the ball himself. He has a 346 average with a 1.028 OPS. So it really right, was like right. a pick your poison kind <laughs> of situation. It just felt like Jazz was the guy that was going to do it. It felt like Jazz had a chip on his shoulder a bit in this game towards the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, the guy, the guy had just scored from second base on an infield single. I mean, (laughs) you know, you know how I know he's really good because my wife was like, I hate this guy while watching (laughs) and it made me laugh. I'm like, yeah, but you wouldn't if his hair was red instead of blue right now. So, uh, you know, he'd be playing at what he's playing shortstop. I mean, I think the biggest problem with jazz is that there wasn't a clear path to him being on this, team despite how good he is right without them making some sacrifices and uh yeah i think that honestly this is one of those trades like i believe you said earlier when you look at the trade feels like both both sides won yeah you it's know? hard to it's hard to make a convincing case for either side winning it, this it trade is, i think right. it's yeah but gallon six and a third five hits two earn runs those were the the two hit batters there in the seventh, which I don't know. I guess in, in, in as much as we can say that was good managing there to unintentionally, intentionally walk Chisholm. What do you think about leaving gallon in for the extra inning after the sixth? Would you have done Mm. that? Did you question that when it happened or were you okay with it? I know I was okay with it. Sorry. I lost you there for a second. There we go. Now I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um i uh i was surprised to see tory lavello do that uh, just too. given the way that he's managed pitchers so far i guess maybe there came a point when it's like okay i mean zach gallon had a sub 0.5 era at that point the d-backs had a five run lead so you know maybe tory lavello was willing to go a little bit further than he yeah. normally would um, but, you know, I mean, the Diamondbacks are going to be careful with Zach Gallon's arm this year. I'm sure uh, he threw about 120 innings last year. I'm not sure he's about to throw 180 or 200 or something like that this season. So I do think they're going to be conservative with him in general. But this is one of those outings where I guess he'd earned it. Um, and I, I mean, I guess it all is well that ends well in some ways. The Diamondbacks did wind up winning the game, but Zach Gallon clearly wasn't sharp coming out for the seventh inning. So. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, how Tori Lovello feels about that. And in retrospect, knowing him, he probably is still happy with the decision. He's the kind of guy who likes to stick behind his players. And he certainly did that today with Zach. The the D-backs offense has really been rolling lately, Jesse. And I wanted to take a look about their relatively, relatively relatively rolling. (laughs) Uh, So we got the five to four runs being scored, nine to seven hits. This one ended up looking a lot closer than it did at one point, obviously, uh, the 12 strikeouts, the six strikeouts, but the big thing here is the, the XBA. I know that's something that you wanted to get into as far as the extended batting average. Yeah. Yeah. The, the X stands for expected, expected, expected batting average. Expected so. batting average. I've, uh, excuse me. I actually know what it is <laughs> though. This is one I'm familiar with, right? This is the one. Okay. That takes, okay. Like, takes the variables out of it and looks more at like kind of, uh, the, the you know, the straight up, uh, like uh, velocity or exit velocity and uh, right and launch angle and things like that to see 
you know, more about whether not not so much about the results of the batting average, but about how well the ball was hit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's basically a batted balls metric. It it basically throughout the entire game, every single batted ball has an expected batting average in and of itself. And what you're looking at there with the expected batting average is basically just all of those numbers combined together for the whole game. So based on the the batted ball contact that the Diamondbacks made, they had an expected batting average of 275 in this game. And the Marlins had an expected batting average of 201. Um, and oftentimes, you know, that, I mean, those numbers determine the outcome of the game. The Diamondbacks made harder contact in this game than the Marlins did. It is interesting. The Diamondbacks swung and missed a lot more in this game than the Marlins did as well. I think they struck out 12 times. Yeah. 12 to um, the six. Yeah. Double, double. The yeah. Strikeouts. So, which has been kind of a trend in some ways, the Diamondbacks pitching staff has had success without necessarily getting a whole lot of swing and miss. Even Zach Gallon this season. His strikeout numbers are not through the roof compared to what we've seen over the last few years. He's really been pitching to contact a little bit more this year than we've than we've seen in the past. But, you know, this game is evidence you can you can, you know, last a game with 12 strikeouts um, offensively. And as long as you still hit the ball pretty hard and some of the other um, instances throughout the game, you know, you can have a pretty decent offensive showing and. For the Diamondbacks, it wasn't really uh, spread out throughout the lineup. It was really all the top three hitters who I think had seven of their nine hits in the game. Um, but it was it was enough for this one in order to score five runs. And, you know, with five runs with Zach Allen on the mound, that's a recipe for success for the Diamondbacks. Exactly. I was feeling that early on when they scored two in the first inning after off of uh, David Peralta's two-run home run that it just yeah. felt nice to have Zach Allen have that lead going out there before he threw a single pitch. The offense, like you said, it hasn't it hasn't been outstanding, but neither is offense across the board, which is something I'm actually going to be writing an article about because MLB's offense with everybody seems down. I mean, Jorge Soler yeah. is on the Miami Marlins team, and he had, was I think he had a batting average below 180 today when they showed it, or around 180, right? Yeah, something and, like and that. that. That I mean, he's not exactly he, he's not exactly a superstar slugger, but he was the MVP for the Braves in the world series. And again, to see guys like that, even struggling, it it feels like there is a lot of things combining. I think the uh, humidifiers, the humidors that they're using for the balls is affecting it. I think some of the things the Mets were saying, even though they're having a tremendous amount of success, were accurate, even though they sounded like whiny crybabies a little bit over it. (laughs) It's, it's still accurate. You can, it both can be true. That's one thing I love in life. Both can be true. You can be a whiny crybaby and still have a point, but uh, the Diamondbacks <laughs> offensively really welcome back Nick Ahmed and Jordan Luplo since since joining the team because these two guys have the highest batting average currently on the team. Obviously, a smaller sample size, but it really feels like these two have made the biggest a big impact on the offense since returning. Jordan Luplo did it again today. Another another big hit. It really feels like um, you know it's not like he's batting 400 or anything since coming off the injured right. list but right. every hit that that guy has had this season has been a big hit it feels like he's hit a couple homers he's had a few key rbi knocks with two outs we saw that today um and yeah i mean he's been a huge addition for them and we were talking about it yesterday me and michaela how you know he was kind of brought on to hit left-handed pitching and the diamondbacks haven't really used him that way so far he's been in the lineup batting second against righties and he still had a fair amount of success doing that. So it's looked really good for him offensively and defensively. He's played a really nice right field as well. Like you said, not not the greatest batting average, 263 with the two home runs and an 800 OPS, but still uh, good numbers compared to the rest of the team right now. And right, really, right. we talked in the past about this team when they were struggling that it felt like pitching was keeping them in these games close enough. But if they just could get some offense generated and it, you know, now that over their last, you know, they, they won the series against the Dodgers, split a difficult series with the, the St. Louis Cardinals that they easily seem like they could have won. And then we come into this series and they take game one. These are all teams that were on a roll when the Diamondbacks, you know, stepped up and played them in these series. And they've been able to handle them really well because their pitching has maintained. We didn't see that drop off from pitching. But now that the offense is able to be not terrible, not awful, not non-existent, they're able to win baseball games. And it's exciting to see because I I don't know. 
how good or bad this team is going to be based on what we've seen in the first month. I have no idea the identity of this team yet, other than they seem like they want to prove people wrong. You know, they seem like, again, when I talked about the chip on the shoulder for jazz, it feels like they have a chip on their shoulder about this season, about how bad everybody expected them to be. I think you're right. Um, They absolutely have come out this season and been better than people anticipated, right? I think they've already proved some people wrong. We talked about it on the show yesterday that like a lot of Diamondbacks fans disengaged like a couple weeks ago because, you know, this team was starting to remind them of what they've seen in the past. And the last couple weeks have been something new, right? I mean, this this has been a, a baseball team that I think a lot of people have really enjoyed watching. A game like this that we saw today was just a really good, entertaining baseball game all the way around. The Diamondbacks never lost the lead throughout the entire game. They grabbed it quickly in the top of the first. They never lost the lead. Things did get a little bit exciting. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe we should talk about the bullpen a little bit and, and what the Diamondbacks plan is there moving forward. But it's been a different team the last couple weeks than Diamondbacks fans have seen in a long time. And I think it's been refreshing. I think it's helped people to have a little spark of optimism um, here in the month of May, which historically, Derek, has been a very miserable month for <laughs> for this baseball team. So uh, a one and yeah. one start feels like a feels like a win for them so far. Yeah, you posted Tori Lavello's numbers since managing this team in May, and it just seems to be as consistent as the sun's falling apart in the third quarter in games, right? But it's not a real thing. It's not, it, you know, and that's you wouldn't think so. I mean, it's a month, right? Like so, there's right? no it, reason that <laughs> I, I saw a great thread the other day about like being the creator of your own reality and what that means. And, um, it was a, think a former giants player who found that for, uh, got that phrase from Hunter Pence, who basically just changed his entire mindset. And, you know, like there's this idea that you let stuff happen to you right? But none of that is real. It's as real as as any other figment of your imagination or magical creature or anything else that you believe that's not true, right? There are things with baseball that, that people tend to get in their head, but it's like May hasn't even been played yet, right? Uh, you yeah. know, it's like, it's like Tori Lovello's least favorite meme is the one of Justin Timberlake singing, it's going to be May. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's we, we're one and one, right? We're one and one in May. So, uh, we're at 500. I think the diamondbacks right now are overachieving in both of our opinions. And it'll be interesting to see, especially with the way that this pitching staff is constructed. Um, what, who, who we see stay in the bullpen, what, who, who Tori Lavolo, uh, can rely on going forward. And like I said earlier, we'll have some more information, especially about the offense. We're going to have Jesse's piece. That's incredible about Merrill Kelly, as well as, uh, some information about spring training. We're going to wrap up this series and we're, we have a bunch of stuff coming to go phnx.com. If you're not a member already sign up to become a member. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. You're, you, you need to be here. You need to be part of the PHNX family. You can sign up to get an annual membership and you'll get yourself a free t-shirt over at the phnxlocker.com. Jesse, are you are you by chance wearing uh, a PHNX t-shirt right now? I he am. is. Look at I that. Look at that guy. I didn't even know he was, but I knew he was. Uh, you can get that beautiful <laughs> t-shirt as well as our PHNX Rattler design and all sorts of other designs over at the phnxlocker.com. Go check out the phnxlocker.com. If you like what you see and you're not a member yet, sign up to become a member, get one of those t-shirts for free and stick around with us for the next year. If you're not interested in the annual membership, sign up for the month to month option and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. Uh, And I know once you try it out, you'll stick around. You'll do the, you'll do the other thing I was talking about because members, no matter what your membership status is, get access to our members only discord as well as members only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com. I'm really, uh, I just ordered myself the Valley Sicko shirt. Uh, I'm really sad right now that I'm not watching the Suns game. Um, I can't legally have it on in the background because I would be streaming it. I'm sure that violates some sort of law. But again, uh, excited for the Suns, excited for all of our Valley teams. And of course, we here at PHNX are the ones that are bringing it to you. So hopefully you, you sign up to become a member and you enjoy everything uh, that we're bringing to you. Charles Whittle Pike says, I'll take all the wins in May this team can produce. And he says, I'll also take the wins between April and September as well. And I will take all of those as well. Uh, I... I think we all want to be wrong about this team, but in a good way, right? We all wanted to kind of under, uh, you know, kind of undersell this team and and know that there's a good chance they weren't going to be very good. But when you see this team 
putting this stuff together and you see some of these pieces that the Diamondbacks have starting to uh, be very good, like Joe Mantiply out of the bullpen, then, you know, it's you, you start to have some confidence that maybe this team, maybe this team can turn a few heads. Maybe this team can finish better than we thought. Um, probably not better than I thought predicting at 82 and 80, but yeah. How, how do you, both. I'm, I'm curious, Derek, how do you feel about your 82 and 80 right now? I, I feel watching them that they're an 82 and 80 team. I feel 82 and 80 isn't going to do anything significant. I think that, that, you know, again, we get excited when teams win games and are almost as good as the teams that made it into the playoffs, but you're still missing out on the playoffs. The Diamondbacks sure. didn't get any farther last season than the San Diego Padres did. So I don't want to hear any bullshit about how <laughs> more wins matters. It really doesn't. If you're not in the playoffs, it doesn't matter, right? I think so that, you so you feel confident about 82 and 80. You're just like, also acknowledging do. that it that it it might not even mean anything if the team goes 82. Exactly. And I mean, if I, I I don't think I'd feel different if they were like 79 and 80, you know, four or something like that, or 83. I don't think I would feel differently if they finished 84. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't like 84 wins and, and whatever they can do. I mean, it, it, I think that's going to be around 500. I think it might be five games below 500, might be one or two above. I just, think that right now that's what they're playing as they're a team that's going to win games they're going to surprise people and it's going to be enough for people to talk about the turnaround it's just not going to be enough i don't think for them to make it into the playoffs right but i i think the thing i wasn't expecting was the short leash that tori lavallo is is allowing the players to have uh you know right now we've seen them fill roster spots with guys that had good moments matt davidson came up immediately hit a home run, you know, uh, as a member of this team, but unfortunately wasn't able to, you know, sustain that, that level of, of, of performance, right. He wasn't able to sustain that level of, of output. He was DFA'd yesterday or today. Was it today or yesterday? Uh, but then Taylor Widener was also sent yeah, down earlier to today. Reno. Um, and these were due to the roster size changes going from 28 to 26. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Um, so now the D-backs have some more difficult decisions to make because they have guys returning from the injured list that right now have been very valuable for them in J.B. Wendelkin and Mark Melanson. Both of those guys, the team won't announce this officially, although I think I think Tori did acknowledge it about J.B. at one point. Uh, J.B. Wendelkin went on the injured list with COVID protocols, um, and, and it's believed that the same thing is happening with Mark Melanson. Gotcha. Both of those guys have officially been removed from the 40-man from the roster. When the Diamondbacks announced their roster moves today, they said that the 40-man roster sits at 38. And it says at 38 because they're preparing for those two guys to come back and regain their 40-man roster spots. So, um, you know, they're not going to officially announce that necessarily. But I think it's safe to say both Mark Melanson and J.B. Wendelkin are in COVID protocols right now, um, which in some ways is a a good thing, I suppose. You know, it's not like they both have, you know, shoulder inflammation or something like that. Um, so I think there's reasons to be optimistic there, but yes, when those guys come back, the diamondbacks are going to have to cut two more. You're going to have to open space on their 26 man active roster in order to get those guys back. So there's more, more roster slashing to come. And the diamondbacks do have a a few guys they've called up recently who, uh, you figure might, might be up and down in a sort of up and down role for a little while, but we'll have to, we'll have to see what they do there. The clutch Canuck in our chat says, really curious to see Rojas return. If the starting pitching continues yeah. to dominate, I mean, sheesh, this is a squad. And yes, I agree with that. But then again, yeah, like what point. we're talking about, there's more tough decisions to be made there, right? When Josh Rojas returns and this, the, just the, the active roster size being where, where it's at, the Diamondbacks really do feel like they've whittled through this bullpen situation that we had no idea where it was going to stand at the beginning of the season. We knew IPK and Melanson were going to be there at the end. Uh, I don't even think that's guaranteed for either of those guys, to be honest. I think Joe Mantiply could easily sneak into that eighth inning setup role and free up Kennedy to just kind of be a free kind of roaming bullpen guy. But both of those guys were brought in here and told that that was the role that they were going to be. Right. There was no competition for the closer role because Ian Kennedy was told when he was brought on to this organization, brought back to this organization, that they were specifically going to use him as a setup man 
for Melanson and he liked that. He's okay with that. He was, you know, he, he saw what Mark did. He, he actually has a great relationship with Mark prior to them both coming yeah. to the team. And, you know, that was, that was totally okay with him. But what I'm seeing is uh, Lavallo managing this team in a way that doesn't seem like anybody is, is safe in their job. 100%. You have to perform and you have to get results. You have to help the club win. And if you don't, there's a good chance someone else that's performing better could outplay you and take your job. That's kind of the way things should be. You know, that's the level of competition that you want to maintain to make sure everybody's staying at their best. As far as I know, I, I don't think we even have a starter named, uh, for tomorrow's game, at least as far as I'm aware, as of this moment, um, I guess if you're listening to the audio podcast, that's probably been announced by now, but the diamondbacks have taken their time, uh, announcing that and, yeah, Humberto Castellanos, it seems like his job in the in the rotation is not necessarily secure. And I think there's some other guys in that bullpen. Corbin Martin's been up and down. Keenan Middleton was just called up. Uh, Caleb Smith was just called up again. So there's a few guys out there whose roles are are still probably a little bit shaky. Um, and yeah, that's I mean, that's sort of what we expected in some ways. Uh, this Diamondbacks uh, rotation didn't necessarily have a whole lot of depth after the first four guys or so. Um, and the bullpen also, you know, there's not a whole lot of clear depth beyond Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson and some of those other names that that you mentioned. So it's going to be a bit of a revolving door, at least here early in the season. And yeah, I don't know. Do we have any updates? Is is Has Humberto Castellanos been named? Has anything happened there? He has. There? Humberto Castellanos okay. is starting against Trevor Rogers in game two. And Madison Bumgarner is starting against Alicia Hernandez in game three. Okay. Okay. So, so they're not, not shaking anything up there yet, but it'll be interesting. You, you feel like, you know, Humberto Castellanos, the leash there might be a little bit shorter than some of the other guys. Yeah. On the flip side, got to tip my cap to Zach Davies. I, I can't help but wonder how much the Diamondbacks knew about Zach Davies before acquiring him. I can't help but wonder how much Brent Strom knew about Zach Davies and was like, this is the guy you should go get. Brent Strom is too damn brilliant right like he they talked about it on the broadcast today we know all about zach uh buchanan's article with zach gallon talking about the first meeting with strom and just <laughs> that, I love how, knowing more than zach gallon knows about himself i love how zach buchanan wrote that article like like two months ago yeah. and it's still getting mentioned on, well, because on it's broadcast. still relevant right i mean <laughs> yeah, i think the right, thing is, right. is that it's the perfect anecdote for why this pitching staff might be turned around so significantly. And you're right. Yeah. Like it is, it is just a story about Zach Buchanan meeting Brent Strom. And it's really not that significant (laughs) other than it is weird. Great article walks in to meet you for the first time and has a file folder on you. (laughs) Like, you know, I can only imagine the analytical data and stuff that Zach Gallon started to see on himself that he's never even seen before. Probably never even seen somebody from the diamondbacks pull that kind of information on him and give it to him personally right like they may have it and they might know about it like tori lavolo might have something like that but for brent strom to be on the job for like a month or so not even that long and to be compiling information like that and bringing it to a meeting with zach gallon makes me feel like i've been underprepared for every meeting i've ever had in my entire life jesse <laughs> you know but well i i did have a massive file on you before we first met and started doing this show there. oh my god so. Yeah, I didn't show it to you on day one. You had right. You didn't show me that folder. See, that's the difference. Maybe if Strom didn't show Gallon the folder, it would be different. Just you, you just need to know about him. He doesn't need to know about himself. But (laughs) I I just, I, I love that, and I feel like, you know, again, going back to Zach Davies, that if knowing that story about Strom, I feel like it demonstrates the kind of person he is. Knowing that, I can't help but wonder if, like, front office leaned, you know leaned over and asked him a few questions, you know, maybe had him look at some available free agents and what he thought on some of these guys. And in some cases he might've even already had some profiles built on them or files put together information or whatever, you know Um, it's, it's impressive is my point. And I really think that you got to not only tip your cap to Zach Davies for what he's doing, but to the diamondbacks for acquiring a guy that came in here and fit right in into their rotation and at least solidified the first, four starters right now they just need to figure out sure. who that fifth one is Humberto Castellanos probably yeah. isn't going to get too many more starts if tomorrow goes the way that his last start did 
the Diamondbacks, I mean, speaking of the rotation right now, the uh, some of the guys in the minors, Derek, are, are really banging on the door right now. Oh, man. Uh, Blake they're, Walston they're, they're was ready. just promoted. Yeah, Blake Walston was just promoted to Amarillo, so he's in double-A now. Um, he was promoted from Hillsboro, and then Dre Jamison also was recently promoted uh, to triple-A. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is, there's a number of guys at both of those levels that you could point to who very realistically could make their major league debut this season. So you kind of feel like a guy like Humberto Castellanos is in there as a placeholder. You know, he's a reliable guy who can be viable, can give you a chance to win. But at some point, the Diamondbacks are probably going to start tapping in to some of that depth that they have at the upper levels of the minor leagues. And that might be the time of year when this team gets really engaging for fans is, you know, at some point, and I think it will happen this season, those guys might be playing a pretty prominent role in, in this, in this team, not only on the pitching side, you'll probably see Alec Thomas here, uh, you know, in relatively short order, we don't really know exactly when that's going to happen, but there's going to be some fun stuff happening and it's going to be these 22, 23, 24 year olds coming up here and trying to earn a role that they could keep for a long time. Going back to what I was saying about competition, that's exciting. That's exciting, right? And yeah. to, I guess uh, a, a way to make it even more exciting, Jesse, is to watch this all unfold while enjoying your favorite flavor of OG's gummies. Stop by your local you dispensary go. and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. Coming out this week, uh, they have their mini OG's three milligram microdose option. They want me to do this in a little voice. I don't know what, what's, what's a little voice. The three OGs milligram microdose option. That's, that's <laughs> I think that's exactly, that's exactly. If you don't want to dive into this deep 10 milligram voice, do you want to go for a three milligram microdose option? Those are going to be available soon. Actually this week, uh, you can get those on May 3rd exclusively at Zen leaf locations around the Valley through May 11th. And then after May 11th, you should be able to find them at your local dispensary near you. Uh, and they will have the same amazing flavors in the 10 milligram options, as well as the three milligram options, like orange creamsicle, tropical watermelon, pina colada, all of those great flavors. And if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. And yeah, Jesse, when I landed in the Medford, Oregon airport, uh, off of a plane that had propellers on it, I was very much, very much laughed to see like three dispensary ads right, right inside my gate, telling me yeah. where my nearest dispensary was to go. So God bless the good <laughs> folks of Oregon. Now, of course, we've talked a lot. We've talked about the Diamondbacks, and we know you guys always join us here on Monday for a specific reason, right? Today is not a day to just solely talk about the Diamondbacks winning their game one against the Miami Marlins. I, by the way, am completely at fault for the whole snapping the seven game losing streak, but I blame Jesse because he knows better than to let me say things without double checking my stats. <laughs> but of course today is Monday and we don't worry about mistakes we make. Uh, we only worry about a couple of things around here on the Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Uh, we worry about uh, every week being shark week, every day being earth day and every Monday going to the mailbag. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my That's mailbox. Right. Always something Welcome interesting to another edition mailbox. of the Mailbag Monday. And we have some questions. I'm going to start off with Chris Melton uh, because, of course, she's one of our favorites. And uh, she asks, discuss optimal Perdomo usage. And that's mm. a great question because we talk about Nick Ahmed coming back and Perdomo just not getting as many starts over there at, at shortstop. So, Jesse, I guess I have to ask you, do we want to see more Perdomo at third base or ha have we kind of already seen enough with some of the mistakes he's been making over there? That's a great question. I mean, Josh Rojas, like we said earlier, is not far away. It's probably a matter of a few days, something like that at this point. And when he comes back, the infield gets pretty crowded. I mean, it's going to be Ahmed. It's going to be Cattell Marte. And then it's going to be Josh Rojas. And those are going to be your, 
probably your staple everyday options at third base, shortstop, and second base. So I think there's probably still enough at bats in there for Geraldo Perdomo. Um, Sergio Alcantara might be the the guy who who takes the the biggest setback in terms of of opportunities. But yeah, um, yeah. Geraldo Perdomo is a guy that you want getting everyday at bats. He's not someone that you want, you know, sitting on the bench at this point. He he's really done everything that he needs to at the minor leagues. And at this point, I think it's about him figuring out how to hit uh, major league pitching. And that's going to be a process for him. I mean, he's still only 22 years old and we've seen signs right. of it. We've seen him draw his walks. He's, he's worked some good at bats, but he doesn't look totally comfortable up there. Um, hitting major league pitching and to Chris's question, she was talking in our discord earlier today about really the defense, right? The, the fact that he's kind of being thrown around all over the place at positions that he's not really used to. And that's a fair concern. I I think the diamondbacks are in a tough spot because it's really hard to not play Nick Ahmed at shortstop, especially when he's, when he's hitting the way that he's hit so far this season. I mean, you, you feel like you really can't leave him out of the lineup when he's hitting as well as he is so far. So my guess is they'll continue to move Perdomo around, uh, whether that's optimal or not, you know, that I, that's not really yeah. a, a question I can fully answer at this point, but it's probably what the D backs are going to have to do. I agree. And I think he's going to continue to get reps. And I think Lavolo loves to keep guys fresh. I mean, his perspective on a season is it's a marathon and he needs to do everything he can to keep every single body healthy, well-rested as much as possible throughout the season. We've joked about him even doing it when guys are red hot. Um, but right, it doesn't feel like they're doing it anymore. I feel like now they really are, like what you said about Jordan Luplo, they're really going to guys that have been producing for them and kind of throwing... There haven't the been, there haven't been very many. Right, right. But if they are, <laughs> they tend to play, right? I know we, yeah. we criticized uh, Seth Beer's you know, lack of of being in the lineup, but now Seth beer has struggled in his last 30 plus at bats, 30 plus plate appearances. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's what Lavola was a bit fearful of, 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 you know, him, you know, the bats coming for him too fast, considering how, you know, how new his career is. Right. I mean, he only had a handful of games last year and, and now came up and immediately became this folk hero in game one. And it, it might just been a been a lot, you know, it might have been a lot for a young player that hasn't really had much time in the majors yet. Uh, question, next question comes from our pal Kyle Collins on Twitter. And Kyle asks is something similar that we're talking about now. Carson Kelly is really starting to concern with the lack of offensive output. How much longer do you think his leash is before he loses most of his starts to the Varsho Herrera combo? And that's a great question because I think Herrera has gotten a lot of praise from the pitching staff for his ability to call a game. So it almost feels like Carson Kelly doesn't have the effect of the 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 being a good pitcher variable or being a good catcher variable there to keep him there despite his lack of offense. It's yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Carson has really been fighting it at the plate so far this season. Uh, I think he got a hit today, but I think it was it was just the one hit throughout the game. So. Yeah, it's it's looked really rough for him. It's not it's not like he's hitting line drives right at people. You know, it's a lot of pop right. flies. It's a lot of strikeouts. It really hasn't been a compelling uh, season for him so far offensively. Like we've said about Cattell, right? Cattell, you know, has been hitting the crap out of the ball, and a couple of games had the hardest exit velocity of any of any ball, but hit it negative 17 degrees into the ground basically. Right. So it's like, right, at least for right. Cattell, even when he's struggling, you can still see things there, you know, like yeah. that, like the expected batting average and things like that, that make you feel better about his at bats than Carson Kelly's. Uh, I have you using all these, all Look these it. fancy. It's right here, Jesse. It's the fan's guide <laughs> to baseball analytics. I'm all over I'm it. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I I uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, Jose Herrera has certainly drawn praise from the pitching staff. Um, my sense is that Carson Kelly is generally well regarded by the pitching staff as well. Um, Jose has made four errors on the season, which is quite a few at this point. So I think he's, he's made some other mistakes, not necessarily in calling the games, but uh, a few things here and there, a few errant throws that he's had throughout the season. Right. Um, really the, I mean, the catching position as a whole has been 
very, very not not great for the Diamondbacks so far. I mean, Jose Herrera is not exactly knocking the cover off the ball either right now. Right. So right. Yeah. at the end there, of the day, I think winning it. And Dalton Varsho has proven no. he's too valuable in other positions for them to necessarily put him back right. there. I think he's more of like an emergency catcher kind of situation. Maybe yeah. in the case where the other two guys are spent or they have an injury or something, he might step up. But I don't really see Varsho playing too much time behind the plate. Maybe if well, he's red hot, feel- they want to keep the bat in the game, maybe. But. Sure, sure. I could see that. I mean, yeah, once once you figure out that a guy is an above-average center fielder, it's like, oh, we should probably have him play center <laughs> yeah. field then. Considering we don't have too many of those, yeah. We Considering there's not a whole lot of them around around this baseball <laughs> team right now. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe when Alec Thomas comes up, which we expect will happen at some point. Again, there's not a whole lot of clarity on when that will happen, but... If he gets everyday reps, you know, maybe he takes some time in center field. Maybe Dalton Varsho's uh, catches a little bit more at that point. But yeah, I think you're spot on. Varsho's value is going to be biggest in center field. And and I think Carson Kelly has probably a fair amount of leash just given what he's done for this team over the last few years. Uh, we've seen him struggle at the plate from time to time. He will go through these month or two uh, long stretches where he's just not great offensively, but you know, there's still some time for him to turn it around. It's certainly still early. Chris in Phoenix says, did Jesse hunt down Derek at his ridiculous fake wrestling Puget sound event and body slam him like yeah. big mama did to Al Bundy on married with children. Uh, he also tagged <laughs> Mikhail in there. No, Jesse did not. Um, <laughs> and no, nobody, nobody power slammed me. I'm a commissioner. They don't, they're not allowed to lay their hands on me. Although it kind of looked like in your hostel, it appeared that somebody was bound to body slam you at some I almost got murdered in that hostel. So I prefer <laughs> not to talk about that. But yeah, it was definitely a murder suite that I was staying in. And I they gave you an upgrade paid. though. They they, they like they gave me a real room, room right? had a real bed. Uh they couldn't I couldn't be handcuffed to the second bed, so that was kind of nice. So, <laughs> you know, not as fun. Uh Charles Woodall Pike asks the long ball has seemingly come back for the bats. So is the offense starting to piece it together? Or is it more of a band-aid to the bigger issue? I don't know. The long ball was absurd last year for this team. They hardly hit any home runs in 2021. So yeah, I, I, I don't feel like it's uh, above average. I feel like they're just back to hitting it the way that they should be hitting it. I feel like everything yeah. else was below average. And now we're to this point where we're saying like, Hey, look, they can hit home runs. You know, David yeah. Peralta specifically, <laughs> we knew that that power was going to come back. It felt like it was. And then we saw the adjustments that he made uh, in the off season and the things that he was doing. He looked really good during spring. Then, you know, kind of faltered back, dropped off a little bit, but now he's, 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 his swing just looks good. That home run today looked great. He's getting that front yeah. foot down earlier and he's just looks comfortable. I, I think, a lot of the at bats are looking more comfortable. They they don't look like they're so lost at the plate. They don't look so timid, right? I mean, I think that's the thing sure. is the level of aggression at the plate is is and I don't give a damn if they walk less and strike out more. I want to see them swinging at the ball and trying to do something rather than sitting there with the bat on their shoulders the whole time. Yeah, you're I mean, that's very fair. The Diamondbacks are not necessarily hitting like a ton of home runs or anything this year. They're just kind of hitting about as many as you'd expect them to. Uh, I think they had 24 coming into today. So I think they'd be at 25 now, um, which is a a decent number. I mean, it's about a home run a game so far for them this season, which is which is certainly a, a pretty decent amount of production on that side of things. Um, but yeah, the offense is, I mean, the offense I wouldn't say is, is in full swing, uh, just yet. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) the, the bottom of the lineup has still been, you know, you're not getting much from Sergio Alcantara. You're not getting much from Carson Kelly. Um, there's just a lot of names at the bottom of the lineup that just haven't done a whole lot throughout the season. And it's still early and there's time to turn things around. Of course, like we've said, but I wouldn't say the Diamondbacks offense is is all the way back yet. I mean, the, the team batting average, I think, is still in the 180s at this point. Right. So yeah. there's still there's still a fair amount of progress to be made there. And and we've certainly seen them, you know, turn things at least in the right direction over the last week or so. Kevin Jacks, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind about this question. OK, Goldie <laughs> trade not looking so good. 
when when are we going to stop this? Are we ever going to stop this? I, I, I guess my idea here is I don't want to be rude or mean about it, but the Diamondbacks 100% knew that Goldschmidt was not staying here. They knew which that. I mean, which I mean, to be fair, was kind of their own problem, right? I I'm mean, I mean, it was an ownership not. problem. I'm telling anything. you yeah. that there was a definitive decision to not pay him the amount of money he was seeking. Right. And I'm right. 99% confident that they, that they had these discussions during the off season. I'm 99% positive that when Goldschmidt hired Scott Boris or whatever happened there, as far as giving the inclination that he was going to leave, because I, I think we talked about it. He didn't hire Scott Boris, right? Was that, was no, that something? No, no, yeah. He hired yeah, someone there, but it was, it was the, it was the discussions. It was the talk. It was the evidence that he was obviously going to get the amount of money. And I know a lot of people have said the Diamondbacks could have paid him what St. Louis paid him to extend him. And you're absolutely right. They just weren't going to. So the only other thing that they could do was let Paul Goldschmidt play one more year and then watch him walk at the end of the year as a free agent. I, I don't like, I, I know a trade happened and I know people are always going to connect that trade and try to see the value in what we got versus Goldschmidt and all that. Again, it's not even quantifiable because even if Goldschmidt wasn't that good here, he was still like, he meant so much to this fan base. It meant so much to this fan base that we get this question about the fucking goldie trade like two times a week you know what i mean like <laughs> i get it but it's like it's weird because in my mind i guess when it happened i had heard so much that goldschmidt was going to leave and they weren't going to bring him back that i was just glad they got something for it maybe maybe i maybe i'm wrong maybe i was wrong for being happy that they got something for him instead of getting nothing for him but that's kind of how i feel about players at the end of their contract when they're going to walk i don't see a need to 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 let them just walk if you can trade them away for a half a season to a contender and receive something in for them that that's a value to you i i don't know if luke weaver and carson kelly are going to work out right now people are absolutely right if you want to evaluate that trade the diamondbacks definitely lost but i feel like we've known that and i don't feel like that's a question yeah, I mean, especially right now with Luke Weaver, you know, not making the rotation, being on the injured list with Carson Kelly, you know, hitting around 100 right now. Obviously, the the deal looks pretty bad. And and there were times a couple years ago when the deal actually looked pretty good um, in that first year or so. It, it really did look like something that the Diamondbacks had had done pretty well in. Um, I think that the tide is certainly turned there. But like you said, you know, the Diamondbacks traded away one year of Paul Goldschmidt. The fact that he still plays for the St. Louis Cardinals speaks to the fact that the St. Louis Cardinals are willing to pay him something that the Diamondbacks were not willing to pay him. Right. And so that's the fundamental difference here. If you know, if you wanna if if you know you're you're up in arms about Paul Goldschmidt playing as well as he's been playing lately for the St. Louis Cardinals, it's not really a problem with the trade. It's a problem with the fact that the Cardinals paid him and the Diamondbacks didn't. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Jesse. And thank you guys for your comments. We appreciate <laughs> you guys all. Uh, Bam says D-backs have the least hits in MLB. You're absolutely right. They have the least hits in MLB. Per game, they have the least hits in MLB. Yet, somehow, miraculously, <laughs> they have the record that they have, right? Which, you know, at 11 and 13, after 24 games, is pretty fucking good and pretty, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know we're not... We can't get excited, especially in the NL West. That's going to be an uphill battle all season long. But I would rather that this team started put putting things together slowly and gets on a path rather than what we'll probably see with the Colorado Rockies, which is a super fast start that gave their fans a bunch of hope <laughs> and a steep fall off. I don't know if that's going to happen for them. I already said that that the Rockies somehow like are completely. I'm, I'm completely mystified by what they're doing, but it does feel like yeah. the Rockies are going to Rocky and they're going to come back down. Uh, Chris Melton says we got more than zero, meaning the Goldschmidt trade. And I agree. Uh, Clutch Canuck says the Reds, oof, dump on the snakes all you want, but at least they aren't the Reds right now. Or the Oakland A's, because that's another terrible situation. Uh, uh, and last motion yeah. says you don't need hits when you somehow win and you're goddamn <laughs> right. So, uh, and here's the other thing is you don't need to necessarily win over at the DraftKings Sportsbook either for you to win. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at the DraftKings Sportsbook, and new customers right now can bet just $5 on any team to win and bet $150 in free bets if they do. 
However, if you're looking to turn a big payday uh, into a, like, it's looking to turn a small bet into a big payday, you go with the same game parlays, create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, all sorts of stuff, and boom, you have a shot at even a bigger payout. Now, all customers that place the same game pay- parlay with three or more legs, you get your free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. That's right. We're going for plus a thousand. I've already told you guys we're going for the big, go for the big one on the first bet. And then if one leg misses, get your $25 back, make a more conservative bet. Try to win yourself at least a little bit of your money back. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over only, Arizona only, gambling problem, dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit required, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. We thank you guys again for joining us for another Mailbag Monday. We appreciate your questions. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. My man Jesse Friedman is over at Jesse N. Friedman, but of course, our show leads is at at phnx underscore dbacks and all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports that's on instagram twitter and facebook if you're watching us right now on youtube please subscribe to the phnx sports youtube channel if you haven't done so already sign up for notifications that way you don't miss any of the content coming out from our fabulous phnx team shout out to our producer emma clark by the way she just uh, was hired on full-time and i adore emma so welcome to the team full-time uh, and of course, if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there and leave a five-star review for Emma. She's the one that deserves it. Uh, there you go. Uh, Jesse, kind of, but not so much. Uh, uh, but we thank you guys <laughs> again so much for checking out the show. Remember, go to gophnx.com, sign up to become a member, go to DraftKings, use our code of PHNX, go to OG's Gummies and have yourself a wonderful weekend over at ogsbrands.com. Uh, on behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate you guys so much for showing up bringing us your questions and missing out on the Suns game. Now let's go watch them kick the Dallas Mavericks ass on behalf of Jesse and myself. We thank you so much for watching the show and remember kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when we don't have to do this show during a Suns game.